Sure. No, I get that. I definitely get that, which is partly why we live in Black Mountain and not in mm-hmm. inside Asheville because, you know, I'm about a four-minute drive from the trail. Which is there you go. Yeah. A lot shorter than you are. But anyway, not to say the trail running isn't fun because it really is fun. And uh, I went through a phase where it was – I didn't think I'd ever run roads again. I, I you know, had been a road runner all my life and then kind of wanted to always get into ultras but was afraid. Let, I let the trail thing prevent me from doing it. And it was always like – well, I want to learn to run 50 milers, but because it also comes with the obstacle of I also have to learn to run trails to do that, then uh, it just, I put it off forever. And I thought, I just, it, it just seemed that getting started with running trails seemed this huge hurdle, just as big a hurdle as learning to run 50 miles when I was at, at the marathon distance. So uh, I did learn to do it and went out, found a, a group where I lived and did it and like loved it. it it's amazing. It really is fun. Uh, it, I was more excited about running then than I've probably ever been about it. So what this episode is is kind of um, a chance to pick your brain a little bit. You're kind of the trail running specialist. And uh, we want to just – we did an academy seminar. I think it was earlier this year where we really dove in. I think we spent an hour, hour and a half or so talking about everything it takes to get started with trail running, every possible thing you need to know. We're not going to do that here, but we are going to do uh, in our typical podcast format of maybe around 30 minutes, talk about – what people need to know before they do start trail running. And, if, and we're not trying to warn people like, hey, watch out for these pitfalls and avoid them, but like <laughs> so that you, you can hear these and then that hopefully that you'll say, okay, that's all I have to worry about. Then uh, I have the confidence to go get started because I think that's what it is for so many people, this this mental block of this is a huge new ordeal for me to learn. And uh, hopefully this will be helpful for people who even have just gotten started uh, just to help, help move them along the curve perhaps. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Trail running is a little intimidating if you've never done it before, and being out in the woods or in in nature, if you're not accustomed to that, can be can be a little intimidating and frightening. And 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 a lot of new trail runners have that fear. So hopefully we can not take care of some of that and give you a little more confidence going into that with this. Great. Okay. So let's uh, let's get to it. The first, I think, the first fear people have is just not knowing at all where to even begin like they yeah. don't they're they're worried they're going to go out to some random woods get lost and or fall out there and then you know be stuck forever or yeah. and i've made this mistake you get somewhere you think it's a good trail run that you're going to do and you realize that the trail dries up or closes up or whatever it is after after a mile and then your run is kind of ruined because <laughs> you have to turn around and you can't do the whole thing or you hit some uncrossable creek or something right so how do you find where to go how do you figure all that out yeah that's a great that's a great question and you know i think that it's important for us to first define what trail running is and to me a trail run is any run that's not on a paved surface so it could be a crushed gravel trail it could be a fire road it could be an old rails to trails that's been converted into a nice little dirt path or it could be the mountain single track that people will think of when they think of trail running that rugged rocky rooty trail um, but it doesn't have to be that. And so beginners should always start with with the easier stuff to get more comfortable on running on non-paved surfaces. And most local towns and cities have dirt paths available in, the, in their city parks. And they might not be very long. It might only be a mile-long loop or a two-mile-long loop. But if you can start there and just get comfortable on running on uneven surface and running on the dirt and and then you kind of build up from there. So look for look first at your local parks. See if they have any dirt paths, any crushed stone paths. And then your city parks that might be a little further outside of town that if you look for different campgrounds in your area, then that's a good way to 
uh, find parks because most campgrounds have trails around them. And then there, you can use hiking tools online. So I use I use All Hikes and All Trails are these two different websites, allhikes.com and alltrails.com, two different well, websites that just list out local hikes in your area. Um, and if it's a hiking trail, then it's also a running trail. So yeah, I think that's a really important thing because as popular as trail running is, uh, it's dwarfed by the popularity of hiking. For some reason, which seems like the dumbest. Sure. I mean, I don't know why I'm going to go hike somewhere. It just sounds like the most boring thing you could do. But people like to do that. Oh, so mad. Uh, so I've I've gone to the hiking section of bookstores and bought hiking guides. In Nashville, we did this to, to get the mm-hmm. guide to the trails here. And it's a really nice, useful trail, but it's not really made for runners. It was just more for, for people who want to hike. And there's nothing more satisfying than looking at a hike that says it'll take six or seven hours to do <laughs> and you can cover it in an hour and a half or two hours because you're yeah. not you're not walking right i like that so uh that's good that's a great tip and then what i would add to that is if, if you i don't know i t- i could still see it being somewhat intimidating to someone who just just to go do that because you i don't know you can read a book that says this is a good trail but or read it on the internet but i i would still myself be sort of um apprehensive and concerned that i'd get there and you know, there'd be terrible bees everywhere or bears or just some some sort of pitfall that I didn't know about. Um, so for me, what it took was finding a group of people who were experienced trail runners. And so I joined my local running club. It was called RASAC, R-A-S-A-C in Maryland. And uh, it turned out that I, I went to that and just went to a few runs and very quickly met the people in the group who, who did this sort of splinter ultra running thing, but they were the trail runners. So every, you know, while the group met on wednesday for track workouts and saturdays for long runs this group also this little trail group met on tuesdays for trail running so that made it so much easier just to say like you know we're meeting at this spot they tell you exactly where it is they tell you where you're parking they tell you to bring a towel because i didn't know to bring a towel ahead of time wouldn't have thought of that um and you go trail run with them and they tell you all these things and i remember we like five minutes into the run we approached this stream and I figured everyone was going to stop and like, you know, tiptoe across the rocks and they just plunged right through the (laughs) the stream and everyone like, you know, you're up to your ankles in the water. And I just, I realized had I been on my own, I would have never done that. Like I would have not gotten the full experience, but that was the part I remembered from it. It was like, that was when I was like, wow, this is awesome. You just go through here and you don't even care that your shoes are wet. Right. And so I don't know, being with a group, if you can find a group who does it, just ask local running stores, uh, if nothing else, I think that really makes so much of this really easy. Yeah, I think that the reoccurring theme throughout this entire episode is going to be, if you can, run with people that are already familiar with the trails and already familiar with trail running. And, you know, that will help with safety. That will help ease your mind and keep you from getting lost. And, and you'll probably just have more fun out there. And, and you'll be doing being able to do things that you wouldn't have necessarily done, like run through the stream. Which is why you should bring a towel, right? So right. In case you end up wet and muddy. and Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you get to have, I mean, not always, but we had beer afterwards, and that ended up being, I just associate that with trail running. Like, it's like <laughs> you know, you go trail running, you go drink two, three beers at the bar. Yeah. And uh, I had never really associated that with running. I don't think people do associate that with running necessarily, but with trail running, it just fits, and mm-hmm. uh, I would have never thought to do that had it not been with the group. I've been on runs where people carry a beer to the top of, of the mountain, <laughs> so at the, when you hit the summit, you... Have a beer and then and then run back down. I don't. As much as I like drinking beer after runs, I cannot get into the idea of mixing the two. It just seems to me like like, like if you if you want to do the two things most efficiently or, or as productively mm-hmm. as possible, separate them. Right? Like trying to put on weight, <laughs> trying to put on muscle, and trying to lose fat. Yeah. You, the way to do that is first put on the muscle, then lose the fat. 
But what about what about combining having fun and having fun? If you're not yeah, trying but running to... isn't fun for me. It's, just, <laughs> it's a thing you do, and it's cool, but it's I don't know. It's fun to have run. It's not fun to actually be running. Okay, well, at least in my world. But my world's different than yours. It is different. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Anyway. So what's so what's next? The next thing I would say is that this is probably the biggest mistake new trail runners make, and that is going out too fast and assuming that their pace on the road will equal their pace on the trail. And even if it's a pretty flat, pretty even trail, if it's dirt, you're automatically going to be using more energy to with each stride to move forward. It's going to be harder to keep that pace. So always slow down when you're on the trail. And I like to say to run for time instead of run for distance. So if you would normally have run a six-mile run on the road and it would take you an hour, then instead of going for six miles for the first few weeks or as you're getting used to the trails, run for an hour instead of that six miles. And even if you only end up covering four and a half miles, then that's okay because you still got in a good hour-long run and you still worked your body and you worked different muscles than you would have on the road. Yep, that's um, a good tip. Um, I think... I think just the running for time is is the way to do it for sure. If if you want a something to remember, I mean, if you if you're trying to convert trail mileage or time into road time, we've always said twenty percent more. Like expect to run twenty percent longer on trails mm-hmm. uh, in general for a given distance. But of course, that's going to vary so much depending on what kind of course you're on. I mean, when you look at hundred milers ultras, it doesn't you don't compare times to times, right? You don't say that I, you ran a thirty hours or whatever at MMT and I ran 28 at this one, so mm. so I was fast. I mean, they don't even compare the courses; they're totally right. different. So it's the same. You don't, you know, you, it just varies so much depending on what kind of trail you're on and where it is. Uh, but 20 percent seems to be good, and I think that's a mistake a lot of people make, or they overlook this when they talk about running a first 50k. They think I can run a marathon, so I'm going to learn to run trails, and then I'm going to just apply that and then run a 50k. And what people don't realize is that because the distance is 20 percent more than a marathon and the time on trails is 20% more that you end up being out there close to 50% longer time. Mm-hmm. So you're training for something much, much different, which is kind of beyond what we're getting into today. But uh, I, I would have suspected a lot of people have that in their minds listening to this, that they'd like to do a 50 K one day. So it is much different. It's not, not just a little bit more than a marathon. It's a significant uh, investment in training to, to get yourself ready to 50 K to do a 50 K. Definitely. Definitely. And when it comes to my personal training, even now I will, probably five out of six runs throughout the week will be running for time and not for distance. And I'll run certain routes that I know are more technical and have more elevation gain and, and descent. Um, but I'll almost always run for a set amount of time and set in, instead of distance. So I don't even know how far I've gone until I get done and look at my watch. Right. I think that's smart. Uh, I like what you said about, about exercising different muscles too, because that's, that's one of the big benefits of doing this. A lot of people get afraid of, getting hurt on trail running but i think you're more likely to not get hurt trail running. I mean, you're more likely to get yourself less likely to be injured if you start trail running right if you can avoid the falling or something and we'll kind of talk about those sorts of things here uh you you get a nice all-around workout and you're working lots of different muscles you're learning to balance well and you're learning you kind of learn how to fall like if, if you roll an ankle you learn how to adapt to that so that it's not just this devastating thing and you can you can even roll i mean you could you could you know take a fall if you need to. Um, but I think I think in, in learning to trail run, you become a stronger and more injury-proof runner. Absolutely. Most injuries come, most running injuries come from our overuse injuries. So when you're running the same stride on the road, you know, stride after stride, you're 
over you're straining certain muscles a certain way the same time the same way every single t- every single stride and when you're on the trail when you're on uneven footing you're having to adjust your stride you're having to adjust where you place your foot how you land on your foot um you know what how the angle of the of the ground beneath you and that then it uses these stabilizer muscles that you never ever use on the road mm-hmm. um, and that is in your feet and in your ankles and knees and all the way up and your hips um, and the, strengthening those muscles will support all your other muscles and help prevent those those overuse injuries so even if you're never intend to run a trail race or or become a you know a regular trail runner incorporating some trail running into your road running training whether you're training for a road marathon or a half marathon or whatever will actually be beneficial to you even though it's slower running it will really strengthen those muscles and be beneficial for you so of course you do have to worry about falling a little bit more than you would on the road which we can talk about now and it kind of leads us into our next my next point which is to lift your feet when you're when you when you're when you're on the trail make sure that you're you know you are going to have to worry about rocks and roots and and different bumps in the in the road and or I'm sorry in the trail and and taking that shorter stride being lighter on your feet and lifting your feet is going to be much more important when you're on the trail than when you're on the road because you you know chances are you might tumble the first few times you're out there and and that can be scary and a little intimidating but you know I've fallen hundreds of times have you fallen several times too I'm sure I've had one or two falls not they weren't really bad well and it was one or two that's really not much it was on ice too it was a weird day on the trail then i i've somehow avoided falling i fell yesterday actually (laughs) (laughs) but you do fall a lot less when you uh are more comfortable out there and when you get used to having to adjust your stride and and the important thing really is to lift your feet and be light on your feet so that you can quickly adjust uh, your stride so if if you happen to land a little awkwardly on a route if you're if you're light on your feet then you can quickly shift to the other foot and and it's not gonna send you to the ground so you're telling me I need to drive 25 minutes to trail and I have to lift my feet when I'm running? <laughs> I am telling you that, but you're going to be more injury proof during this okay, next. Okay, good. During this next. Yeah, marathon. no, I think I think that comes. Uh, for me, that came naturally. Maybe this is why I haven't fallen. But I I think uh, I, that was my big thing. I was worried about the whole time. I thought that running was going to suddenly be way harder. I thought like it's not only running 50 miles in an ultra marathon. It's you also have to lift your feet over every single rock. And I thought that somehow that would be a much more fatiguing and tiring step. But it's not really. It's just a mentally you have to make sure you're paying attention. Uh, and that's all it is. And I think when you, when people fall, generally, is when they stop paying attention and they just kind of sure. forget where they are and they just run, go back to road running form. But mm-hmm. it's, not a major, it's not a major conscious form change, right? It's just sort of watch out for things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pay attention. Right, yeah. You want to scan the ground about six feet in front of you. Right, so it's... Um, yeah, yeah. different but i think i think it should come naturally but if it, if it doesn't then yes you need to you need to look in front of you you need to keep your distance behind other runners you need to lift your feet over roots and and like give yourself a little more clearance than you need perhaps because i think often that's what it is it's just a little bit of laziness you catch your foot on a root and then you're <laughs> mm-hmm. tumbling although i will say that some of the worst falls that i've had are actually on the road because if there's an uneven bump in the road that you're not expecting and you yeah. don't really see it because you're not paying attention those are some of the worst falls <laughs> so you've had multiple falls on the road too <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay. I'm kind of a clumsy dude. I'm not gonna I lie. guess so. My wife Erin just had a fall on the road the other day. Oh really? I shouldn't be laughing, yeah. I remember another story. Okay. <laughs> in D C one time I fell and I fell right directly in front of a homeless man. And I was this was back when I wore like I was training for my very first marathon and I was wearing one of those um 
belts that had the four tiny little water bottles in it. Yeah. You know, fuel belt? Fuel belt, yeah. yeah. Terrible and things. all of the bottles just went flying <laughs> out. <laughs> and, and the and the homeless man just jumped up and immediately started gathering these things. He felt so bad for me because I, you know, really? it, it hurt. And I was That's like, nice. I was like skinned my knee and I was like laying there and he was like gathering all my bottles for me and, and helping me up. It was, it was just, it was both yeah, good for embarrassing him. and humbling. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I was very That's appreciative. Funny. Yeah. It was uh, one more thing about feet uh, that I will say that you haven't you sort of mentioned that that with trail running you end up having to take a different step every step basically instead of the roads where it's the same step every time for an hour mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the big advantages that you're not doing the same repetitive mo- motion every single time uh, I think it also is sort of conducive to the form thing like so the whole barefoot running movement was about it makes it impossible for you to take this long stride this long stride where you're crashing down on the heel makes that really hard because it would hurt on your heel. What I realized when I got into trail running was that trail running does the exact same thing for you. It's just without a shoe. It's just the terrain is different. So now, because you've got this terrain, you can't take these long strides anymore. You'd be kind of out of control. Uh, and and you can't, for, just because, I don't know, you, there's lots of stuff on the road. You, you end up, or on the trail, you end up taking uh, shorter and quicker strides as a result. So it, like it seemed to me that you kind of end up running with this, form that is really similar to a barefoot running where you keep your weight over your feet so that you're more stable which is exactly what you would do if you had barefoot shoes on or running truly barefoot uh same thing with the hunt running at 180 steps per minute idea that we talk about all the time these three things trail running the 180 steps per minute just doing that deliberately and barefoot running i think they all get you to this very similar type of form yeah uh, that, that's very good for preventing injuries there's this quote from born to run that i love and i've heard many times um, and it's if you're debating between one and two steps, take three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know and that that keeps you that keeps your stride short. That keeps you from overextending to get over a rock or a root, and and keeps you lighter on your feet. So it kind of exactly more of a doing. prancing that you're doing. Yeah, good. Nothing exactly. wrong with prancing. Nothing wrong with prancing down the trail. No, nature. there's not. Nope. Hugging trees and wearing flowers in your ear. Yep, and then going for a paddleboard. We can go after for that. A paddleboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, All right, what's next? All right, next, uh, next, let's talk about the difference between hills in trail running and on the road. Um, I think that a lot of people, what they don't realize is how much steeper and more frequent hills are on most trails. And, of course, this is completely dependent on where you are. If you're in Florida, you're not going to experience this on a Florida trail. But on in general, on most trails, there are a lot more hills and they're a lot steeper than what you'll find on the road. And that's you know simply because they don't have the regulations of, of having to grade the road at a certain degree um, and all that stuff. You can just build a trail right up a hill. Don't have to do switchbacks if you don't want to. And so those, those hills are harder for runners to stay at an even pace. They're harder for you to stay at an even effort. Um, and so you have to be mindful of that, and you have to slow down your pace when you approach those hills. And what a lot of trail runners do, especially when you get to distance trail running, like ultra running, is actually hike the steeper hills, and we Love still that. call we still call that running, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, even if you're doing a lot of hiking. But the hiking allows you to maintain a sin- similar effort throughout the different paces. So the goal is to not hit a hill and all of a sudden have to be working a lot harder uh, to climb up that hill, and then you know, then you know burn a lot more energy than you would be on the flats and on the downhill. Right. And that is one of the great pleasures of trail running is that you get to walk hills. It's it it's it's representative of the mindset shift I think from uh, marathoning to ultra running as well. 
that it's marathoning everything is rushed and it's like you got to rush to the aid stations and you have to hurry up and you if you walk on a hill then you're you know you're kind of the loser of the of the run and trail running is just so much more laid back ultra running you it's okay to walk on the hills granted if you're trying to win and you're seriously training to be the very best you can then you're going to want to minimize or you want to run every hill that you reasonably can but often the best strategy in a race is to walk the hills because you it's just you're so much less efficient trying to run uphill you waste so much energy when you could maybe hike up it pretty quickly as well right so and, it's fun and if you're serious about getting faster as a trail runner learn how to hike the hills uh practice hiking yeah, the hills it's and, different muscles right then right exactly different muscles different form and you can do it you know it's not a casual stroll you can do it pretty quickly and very effectively and efficiently um, what i have done doug is taken this aspect of trail running and applied it to my road running so, so now do you, do you... I walk road hills too. <laughs> yes, I really do. I can't go back to it. I, I got into trail running and ultra running for a little while, uh-huh. and I can't. Every time I feel my heart rate start pumping, I'm like, "This is bad. I can't do this. I'm being inefficient." So now I just walk hills. And how's that working out for you? Great. So you're gonna are you gonna walk <laughs> as you as you go for a new marathon PR? You're gonna no, be walking? I'm, I'm walking for that. But uh, I'm gonna have Phil Maffetone on the podcast soon, and he's big into this his maffetone method which is keeping your heart rate very low and that's kind of what i have been doing it for so when i when i trained for my hundred a year and a half ago that was kind of especially where we are in Asheville, where it's very hilly uh, I, tr- I was trying to do most of my miles at a really really slow pace and just stay under that threshold so i did and i, and I also had that excuse of i really want to train myself to be walking these hills because there are some nice hills around here mm-hmm. so i figured why not use this opportunity to train my hiking muscles because i've always been kind of bad at that having been not a hiker uh-huh. uh and, and so I did. So I started walking hills, and, uh, and it was nice. Okay. Well, good for you. I'm going to be the guy who drives by you and says, come on, man, run. That's true. Yeah, and I don't. That, that's the worst part of me. I'm embarrassed. So if someone sees me, I start jogging. <laughs> well, good. Well, good for you. That's good. And I'm excited to hear what, what Phil has to say about, about that. <laughs> okay. All right, what's next? Next is uh, gear. A lot of new... There are people who want to transition to trails are concerned about what gear they have and if, if their road gear is going to be sufficient or work for their, them on the trails. All right, so They're, now i got to drive, and then i got to lift my feet, and I have to buy new stuff. But you get to walk, and okay. it's okay. All right, good. <laughs> you got to buy new stuff. Well, the short answer is whether or not if, – if you need – the short answer to the question of whether or not you need new gear is – no, but right. the long answer is probably yes, <laughs> right? So no, I mean, you absolutely, anything you're using on the road can work on the trail, especially if you're just starting out and you're running less technical trails and you're just not going out for too long of distances. Don't ever let the lack of gear keep you from getting out yeah, on the that's trail. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Because you can run in road shoes on trails. It's not ideal. And eventually you'll get to a point where it's you'd be much better off if it's a muddy day or something where you it'd be much better to have the trail shoes but yeah don't let that stop you and don't feel like you need to go spend a hundred dollars on trail shoes so that you can try trail running you can try it with road shoes and if you like it then absolutely then upgrade i i started out on trail shoes i'm sure i'm sure you did too you i mean on, on, road on, on road shoes yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah uh but but then the long answer of course is if you're really getting into it and you're you're going longer distances and you're doing this more frequently it's worth it to invest in a pair of trail running shoes they have better grip uh, larger lugs they often have rock plates that are just protect the bottom of your feet um, they're, they're designed to be tougher more durable on the more rugged terrain and they're just going to be a better shoe for you in the conditions that trails present mm-hmm. um, and also things like handheld water bottles or hydration packs that you might not need on the road because you'll be passing water fountains or 
public restrooms and that kind of thing. Uh, you might need it when you get into the longer trail runs. So there is gear that is trail specific and most trail runners who are serious about it do end up buying that gear. You know, I have tons of that gear and I find it really useful, but don't ever let that lack of gear keep you from trying it out. Right. You know what I noticed when I showed up to run at my uh, running group at the trail group, I put on all of my like technical running stuff and like just showed up at the run and they all had t-shirts on. Like they yeah. didn't, they didn't, they didn't get into that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you need to downgrade some of your gear too. Yeah. It's, you know, if you're wearing like a flannel shirt, <laughs> right. a trucker hat, a trucker hat <laughs> and uh, you know, maybe even some like cut off jean shorts or something, then, then you'll fit right in. Do you run that stuff? Yeah, I like have as a joke, but <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely I've seen jean shorts during an ultra marathon before. That's funny, um, but you know I think it's to be ironic and funny, but right, uh, you know, but things like compression socks and and all those things that are commonplace in a marathon are less common yeah. at ultras. Frowned upon. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, people wear them, of course, but right. One thing uh, you mentioned the handheld water bottles. That's another thing that I have taken and applied to my road running because I never did it before that. Just I did the old fuel belt thing, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, or would plan the, my run to go by my house or my car so I could just get water because I hated carrying it or hated bringing it. Uh, but then once I, you know, once you start trail running, you sometimes you just don't have an option. You have to do something, and it was either a big heavy hydration pack or filling up a, a handheld bottle or something, and uh, that worked really well and i and like for a while that was another thing i was like that's going to be terrible carrying this bottle for seven miles or whatever it's just yeah. gonna be so annoying and then i just did it a couple of times and suddenly i was used to it and, and you forget you have it really so that's been something i started doing with road running as well um much much better than fuel belts or anything like that and i mean you can't hear you can't carry as much water or liquid in that but i don't know it's okay yeah the the handheld is is one of those things that everyone who's never tried it before it just assumes it's going to be the worst thing. Right. And it's really after the first few runs, you kind of totally forget that you're even carrying it. It's yeah. no big deal at all. For people listening, by the way, handheld bottle. I know it's a stupid word because all bottles are handheld, really, <laughs> unless you're a baby, and then I don't know, and then someone else's. <laughs> then yeah, handheld. Yeah. Um, it just means that there's a that it attaches to your hand in some way. So it should be called not handheld, almost like. You don't have to hold it. It velcros onto your hand, or it's designed so that your hand goes into some kind of pocket. And the idea is that you don't have to squeeze the bottle. You just your hand can kind of relax and it stays attached. Right. Yeah. All right. Good. Keep All right. It. What's and next? Then the final one that I'd like to bring up is trail runner safety, which I think is a big hurdle for a lot of people. Like you said, they're afraid of getting lost, or afraid of getting hurt, or afraid of bee you know, attacks, bee attacks, or bears, or snake snakes, bites, snake mm-hmm. bites. All those things are a concern. I mean, they are, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Those are things that you're not going to experience as much on the road, although you ran into a bear on the road recently. I did, yeah. yeah. I applied that to my road running as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, you know, so, but they are much less of a concern than people assume that they are. You know, most most of the time, for example, wildlife run-ins, the wildlife doesn't want to see you nearly, or just as much as you don't want to see them, and... You know, as long as you know what about roughly what to do and what to expect, and you can read up on that online, you find out what animals are around your area, and and read up on those kind of things ahead of time, um, then then you're going to be totally fine. And you know, so some other basic safety tips would be to always make sure that you tell someone where you're going and when you roughly expect to get back. So leave a note with your roommate or your wife or husband uh, and tell them 
which trail you're going to be heading out on and, and how long you think it might take you to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, run with a partner if you can. Obviously, that's better than running by yourself for safety reasons. So find someone else who's willing to run with you. And then carry a map. You know, Carry a little bit of first aid or, or carry the things that you might need if you get into a little bit of trouble. So do you, do you bring a phone with you? I almost always do bring my phone, yeah. Okay. And depending on where you are, you're going to have service or not have service. But bringing your phone is, is typically a good idea just in case of emergencies. Even mm-hmm. if you don't have service at the, the moment that you fall, if you could you know, get a mile and a half down the trail, you might have service there. Right, so. right. Mm-hmm. And where do you carry stuff? Like if you're bringing a map. Yeah, so if I'm bringing a map, then I'm probably carrying a hydration pack of some sort. Okay. Um, so that would be for really the only time I would carry a map is if it was a really long or like a longer run that on trails I was unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I often download maps to my phone uh, and I save them on my phone as JPEGs so that I don't have to have service to, to view them um, for shorter distance stuff. And on a typical day, almost every run I do, I carry um, a Jurek Essentials belt, which is just a very small belt with two pockets um, and big enough for your phone and big enough for a goo or a gel or, or whatever um, energy you might want to bring or mm-hmm. your headphones or whatever else you might want to bring. Um, so something very small like that that isn't going to mount around the SPI belt, SPI belt is another one that you've used and I've used. Mm-hmm. Uh, Try to keep my pepper spray. Yeah, that's right. For bears. And, you know, you carry, carry your pepper spray, your bear I, spray. I do that. Not do you really? On roads here, yeah. Not, not around my neighborhood, but if I'm going up town mountain over there sometimes because uh-huh. it's i mean it's you're in the woods and ever, i saw that bear once and i was like i'm gonna turn that again yeah <laughs> I, I, I doubt this little tiny pepper spray would really matter because they make bear spray bottles right which my mom bought me once thinking that we would use that i guess Think, uh-huh. thinking i would bring it on runs it's the size of a bottle of a, of a water bottle yeah it's humongous and it's heavy i would never bring it on a run so i bring this little human human pepper spray just in case interesting i, I had no idea you did that yeah, I mean, I'm scared. I don't know. I uh, I had a, a scary bear run in when I first moved here and bought a bear bell, which is just oh yeah, a little bell that you wear, and, it, and the point of that would be just oh, to alert, not startle. right, to right. not startle them, to alert bears that you're coming. I wore that a couple of times, and then the jingling got too annoying, so <laughs> <laughs> so I quit wearing that. Good, cool. All right, well, uh. That's trail running. I mean, I think this is seriously. You don't need to know anything more than this. Like that, I think people will hear this and be like, "Well, I still don't know what to do." But that—that's it. You do, and then it comes down to doing it. And then once you've done it two times, you realize, "Hey, it wasn't that. That wasn't very hard." Yeah. Now I know how to trail run. Just get out and do it. It's a lot of fun. Like we said, it's great for training muscles that you don't normally train on the road, and and it might just totally change how you, what kind of runner you are. I know it did for you for a little while anyway, and and it certainly has for me. I would have. I would definitely not be running these days if it wasn't for trail running. So right. So um, let's let's. You've got a podcast about trail stuff. I do. We should promote that here. So uh-huh. people, if someone is a podcast listener and they're into trail stuff, there's a whole podcast about it now. There's a whole podcast where just you just all Doug, all Doug, yeah, all the time. <laughs> short. It's short snippets about trail running. A lot of stories. Stories and. What? Oh yeah, do you do it? my favorite stories. stories yeah. Yeah. No, I don't really tell stories. Not like I do. <laughs> okay. um, I'm a lot more uh, purposeful as to what <laughs> what words come out of my mouth. No, uh, it's called Trail Talk, and you can find it in iTunes or on Stitcher. 
And, and then, of course, my blog is all about trail running, trail and ultra running, rockcreekrunner.com. Mm-hmm. And you've got the trail runner system. And the recently released trail runner system is for new trail runners and ultra runners who want to get into it and improve their skills. It is a course that you work through nine different modules, and there are videos and interviews with a lot of elite and mid-pack runners. And then there's the community aspect of it. You can chat with other trail runners within the trail runner system and help hold each other accountability. We just started these series of accountability groups. It's a really neat system. It's great if you're just getting into trail running or if you want to hone your skills and and start run your first ultra, your first 50K or 50-mile ultra marathon. It will give you everything you need and all the tra- training plans you need for that. So, But, Doug, the price is 25% too high. Can, oh. you, can you do anything about that? You know, just for you and your n- n- no meat athlete radio listeners, I'm going to cut the price twenty five percent. All right, look at that. So if you buy, if you purchase the trail runner system through no meat athlete, so no athlete.com slash trail dash system, you'll automatically get twenty five percent off. Nice. And we would just love to see some no meat athlete radio listeners as part of the system. And I'll make some cash. And Matt will make some bling bling cash cash. <laughs> Cha-ching. All right, good. Um, I would say that it's sufficient then for our episode. Check out Trail Runner System. Check out Trail Talk, Doug's podcast, and uh, and then get out of the trails. Right, nothing else to do. That's no right. more reason to delay. You can even bring a beer and have it on the summit. Perfect. All right. All right. Talk to y'all soon.